Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. It is 12.35 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stopper with you in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oilers and the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow, two teams that I think would be the first to admit uh, they are disappointed with the position that they're in right now. Some guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. And a reminder that every Wednesday night is date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine. For $120, go down and see Rebecca and the staff at Bruce Chris. Every Monday on Oilers Now, we bring aboard John Shannon. Just before we uh, slide uh, John in, we will tell you that the Edmonton Oilers have officially recalled Dylan Simpson. This is on an emergency basis, so this does not count as one of their four recalls that you're allowed after the NHL trade deadline. Dylan Simpson, of course, the son of Craig Simpson, former standout defenseman at North Dakota. Uh, in what has been a trying year down in Bakersfield, he's got four goals, 17 points, 56 games. I would describe him as a heady puck movie defenseman. All right, uh, without further ado, John Shannon joins us on Orders Now. John, how you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Well, uh, we're never supposed to uh, blame the tools that we work with. Uh, but, uh, right, what do I say? A tradesman never... Uh, never blames his tools, but we're having some technical difficulties today. The phone system in the hotel has kicked in and out three times here in the last hour, so uh, there something's gone astray. So we're doing this one over the cell. Hopefully the, the sound quality is decent. Uh, interesting weekend for the Epicotas. Good comeback against Florida, which showed a little, but did the game against Tampa Bay perhaps show a lot? in terms of the separation where the Lightning are at and where Evans is at right now? Well, I, I certainly think you saw a team that uh, is almost working on every cylinder when you watch Tampa play. Uh, you know, and it, just to go back a little bit to the, the Saturday game, uh, you, you know, that third period comeback was something that uh, uh, we saw a lot more of last year, and you, uh, you get a sense, again, the glimmers of hope that this team is now uh, giving its fans and giving all of us, 
that, that to me is a, that to me is also a one that you say and it and you hold your breath and say where was that in December where was that in January uh, particularly when you look at teams like Florida that are fighting for their playoff lives so uh, there, there's some positives to be taken out of both of them uh, you're right about uh, I mean when you look at Tampa remember this was a team that didn't make the playoffs last year and I'm sure you've talked about that a lot I'm sure you talked about that a lot on the broadcast uh, and yeah. we're able to turn it around. Well, and, you know, and Pats will say, well, wait a sec, uh, Tampa had a way better team. Uh, you know, their players were injured. The fact is the Oilers have had some challenge. I mean, that game yesterday, and, and you know, full disclosure, you and me had a private conversation about an hour and a half ago. The Oilers don't have the same team that they finished with last year. They're four or five forwards down, which is not to say that you can't be two or three forwards better by the start of the next season because you are going to have a little bit of wiggle room. Uh, and, and so some people think the Tampa Bay comparison is not fair because Tampa was a pretty good team and then missed the playoffs in large part due to injuries. The point I'm making is Tampa Bay stuck with the process. There were some outside influences questioning the deployment of Jonathan Durant, namely his agent. Uh, that's going to make you laugh. But, uh, you know, Steve Eisman did a pretty good job. They had a couple restricted free agents they needed to get signed. They, you know, the people were questioning what was going to happen with the Lightning, and they kind of just stuck with the process, didn't they? Yeah, and, and I mean, listen, Steve Eiserman's a patient guy, and uh, and Jeff, uh, you know, Jeff Finnick, who owns the team, is very patient, and their growth, uh, their growth uh, over the time that Vinick has owned it uh, on the ice and off is one of those ones you marvel at. Remember, Vinick bought the arena and the team for $100 million, uh, which is chump change compared to what they're going for now. When you think that Seattle is building an arena for $600 million and they're going to have to pay $650 million for the franchise. So, uh, but, but they've been very patient, and uh, it, it is important to understand that. You know, but some people can say that comparisons aren't fair, and I, there's some people on the other side that should be able to say, yeah, they don't have anybody as good as Connor. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you have Connor McDavid on your side, as we saw Saturday, it certainly makes a difference and certainly creates opportunities. So there are foundation pieces in place, and now it's up to Peter Shirelli to fix the rest of it. Uh, you talked about the five forwards. Uh, there's still some, I mean, I mean if, if Clefbaum was anywhere near 100%, if Chris Russell, Matt Benning, if they were all near 100%, then I think that might be a much easier uh, road to hold for the uh, for the Oilers this year. Well, uh, on that note, let's talk about Oscar Kleffbaum. He told Jack Michaels yesterday, last night, it was going to be his last game. He's going to go get, quote-unquote, a procedure done. Uh, to me, he's a building block. Do you agree or disagree with that sentiment? Oh, no, I, I agree completely. And, I again, when you look, you know, listen, we've seen teams before in the NHL, not just Tampa, but... You looked at the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals have had players have career years and then the following year fall off. Now, the Columbus Blue Jackets this year, after great years last year, and then, I mean, for the first 45 games, they were people in Columbus saying, well, where are all our stars? I mean, they all fell off the face of the earth for a little while. Uh, guys that had career years last year. And, I, and that's exactly what's happened in Edmonton, one way or the other. Guys like Clefbaum. Injury-wise, that's been a huge factor. But we did see what he could do, and and the confidence that the organization has 
in him in signing to the deal, I think, is is an understanding of what a good player he can be. Played 22 minutes and 50 cents per game. I know Jonathan Willis from The Athletic uh, put a piece out. I think it was a piece or a tweet out just the last four months. Uh, statistically, he had a bad November. The whole team had a bad November. McDavid was sick in November, John, as you know. And I'm not, yeah. not out of him for, for three weeks. That's your best player. I mean, maybe we're working at this the wrong way here. You start in goal, and Talbot's put together probably 13 pretty good starts in a row here. And when he's in there, the orders have looked like a different team. Now, some people say it's garbage time. Others might say, you know what? He struggled the first half of his first year, was good pretty much from, say, January on. Last year, he was good right at the start, helped the Oilers get off to a hot start, camouflaged some challenges, John, specifically on the penalty killing because he was at a terrific save percentage, four on five. This year, he had a difficult start to the year, okay? So it starts in goal. Who's the real Cam Talbot? I think the Oilers, you know, he's got a year left in his deal. They, to me, I think Cam Talbot's the number. I mean, he was fourth in the league in Vesna voting last year. He's the number one goalie in this league. I I, I don't disagree with you, Bob. I I mean, I, I think that the the organization could probably deserves a little bit of criticism for not finding a proper number two guy that would have would have helped Talbot through those tough times early on in the season. Yep. Uh, that perhaps could have taken a little of the pressure off Talbot, knowing full well that there was a guy that could go in after Cam had a bad night. I suspect that's one place where I, I think internally the organization admits that too, that that's exactly what should have happened. Um, on the on the other side, you know what, I, I think that, you know, when you look at special teams, special teams for this organization – um, you know, uh, there were the downfall in the end. The penalty killed the power play. That's what happened to this team. Had they been anywhere near where they were last year, we wouldn't be having this discussion. They finished fifth in the league last year in the power play in 18th penalty killing. It, John, in fairness, they were not a good penalty killing team from November, middle of November on last year. Okay, uh, but Their power play was second in the NHL from December 1st on until the end of the year. They finished fifth. What happened? Like there, I mean, when, when, speaking of when McDavid was sick, the the height of his illness was in Dallas, an afternoon game, uh, right around the time the Eskimos were playing in the in the Western Final. It was that weekend, and so we're going back. And if memory if memory serves me, if memory serves me, Bob, the Oilers actually had a two goal lead that day. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, yeah, they had a, they had a lead in that game, and Cam Talbot had a tough game. Uh, yeah, the Oilers finished that game. And they were 12th in the NHL in power play after that game. They got on a hot streak. They lit up Vegas. They went 3-for-3 three three against Vegas in a game. What happened to it? Like, they were 12th at that point. They're, they're, they're actually out of 31st in the penalty kill. But they are yeah. dead last in the power play. What do you think happened there? Well, I, I mean, who were who the players? Let's, let's take Connor out of the equation. Who were the players that were supposed to be really strong power play uh, beneficiaries. In my mind, you put Milan Lucic at the top of that list. This is where, you know, Lucic at his side, at being in front of the net, doing what he's supposed to do, use the shot, playing well down low. 
I, I think that that's one of the reasons why, I mean, it's which came first, Lucic's mediocre season or the power play? And all, I mean, is it a chicken and an egg scenario? I think they're, I think they're together. I think Patrick Maroon was, when he was with an Oilers, was in that same boat. Um, you know, I, I, the other thing, I, I quite honest, and, and I, I think we've talked about this before, there was a ton of reliance, not on 97, but on 55 when he was with this team. There was a ton of reliance on Mark Letestu on the special teams. Well, you know what? Mark Letestu is a good role player. And I'm, and I, I mean, he, he happened to fit well into what Todd and, and Jay were trying to do on the power play where he was uh, in the right spot on the ice. But in the end, I think they relied too much on him at points during the season, and that hurt them as well. 22.9%. The Oilers finished that last year, fifth in the league. Okay. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. And two, and two teams, Pittsburgh and Washington, were 23.1. So Edmonton was within striking distance of those teams. Now, I mentioned that. Colorado, by the way, last year, John, on the power play, finished at 12.6%. Okay? 12.6. So let's fast forward a year later on the power play. And the Edmonton owners have gone from 22.9 all the way down to 14.4. Uh, the aforementioned Colorado Avalanche, just as a matter of interest, uh, are 14th in the league now at 20.7. So they've yeah. gone up almost 7%. The orders have dropped down, uh, you know, 8%. Yeah, you fix the special teams, so Bob. You, 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 you fix the special teams, Bob, and you have a lot less issues with what's going on with the Oilers. Well, I, I will say, John, recently the 5-on-5, five this five, team... I know you're not the biggest analytics geek out there, and some accuse me of, you know, I use it as a tool to supplement what I get to see. I have the privilege of getting to see every minute the team plays on the ice. Um, but the, the five-on-five play has hit the skids here over the last over the last month, and part of it is they've got guys that just are not pretty. I mean, it starts with Lucic. You mentioned Lucic on the power play. He has, uh, you know, 044 points per 60 minutes played over the last 25-30 games. I mean, it's been unbelievable. And now Paul Yarby has sort of gone away, too. And I think that has to be a little bit concerning, too, John. I agree. I, I, I mean, I thought in the first... Gosh, when after he was recalled, I think that we all... I think we're relieved that he was finally up with the team, and then we saw glimmers. Remember that game in yeah. uh, Calgary, where he played so well? He and Kara played so well. Um, it, you know, there were there were opportunities for for him to be a real contributor, and he's plateaued again. And uh, I'm not sure why. And I'm I'm sh- I'm sure that it, I, if the coaches could fix it, they would fix it. Uh, but those are those are issues that uh, you know a guy with a big body like that, Bob. I'll tell you what, um, I, I'd love to have it for a day, uh, just to to see what it would be like and how much you'd enjoy playing the game, because this guy's an Adonis. As you well know, and we just the Oiler fans just have to hope that that can be transformed into something that's a, a smart hockey person on the ice, and that's a that's a challenge right now. All right, so here's the deal: so we both have confidence that Talbot can bounce back. The special teams currently uh, 31st in the league today on the power play, 28th officially on the PK. It'd be it would be really hard to be that bad again two years in a row, and I think that their defense. You know, probably can get healthier. What do you do with Andre Sekko? Are you concerned that he might not be able to bounce back? 
Uh, well, I mean, I, I haven't seen the MRIs. I haven't seen any of the, any of the uh, reports. And uh, the one thing I would say is that, you know, from, from both Sekera and from Clefbaum, is that these guys have come back early and played hurt because they know that they have an obligation to play for the hockey club. And that's something that a lot of NHL players do on a constant basis around the league. But just the fact that they wanted to come back before they were 100% gave you an indication of how much dedication they have to this team. The thing about Secker is that when he's healthy, he's such a calming influence. And perhaps it will take a, a, a summer for him to come back. Uh, but you know what? You know he's not getting any younger, Bob, and I'm sure that that's a, sh- a concern that uh, that Keith Gretzky and Peter Shirelli have on a daily basis. All right, uh, we're joined by John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stocker with the Oilers now. Some quick hitters. So we discussed last week. You, you talked about Bob Nicholson with Brendan. I was flying that day down to Calgary, being a, a consensus builder. Um, I, I think you and me do not expect a change. Uh, in the man- the management team that you just talked about, is that correct? No, no. I mean, I I, I think that what well, you know, the one thing that and Oiler fans know this. They just the Oiler fans just want to win so badly, but you know, stability and and consistency is something that has lacked here since two thousand and six. Uh, you know, they need they they have an obligation to create some stability and create some continuity and and create uh, some consistency in what they do on a daily basis and I think that that would be nuts to do and I don't expect it to happen what about with the head coach because for me that's um, part of the issue we've had seven head coaches in the last 10 years here and I think Todd McClellan's the best of those head coaches well first of all I'm I, I, I'm an un, unbiased unabashed Todd McClellan fan I think he's an excellent coach I think he's a great communicator. Uh, I think that uh, this has been, been wearing on him as much as it has anyone. Um, and if my, I guess my question is, and, and as part of the, you know, the what's going to go on the next two or three months, if not Todd, then whom? And I think that that's one of the many questions that has to be answered if they would consider making a change. Am I one uh, that thinks they could? Am I one that thinks they should consider making a change? No, I'm not. I believe in Todd McClellan. I think that you know his his ability to communicate, his ability to know this game and and how the game is changing is bang on, and they would be wise to keep him. All right, uh, so we agree on that. Changes around the league. I'm down in Carolina. Carolina has a new owner, Bill Peters. I think Bill's done a decent job. He they haven't found a goalie for him. Does he survive this, or does the new ownership change the? Uh, I guess the approach. Who knows? Who, who knows what's going on now? I mean, they they they've uh, they've stopped the interviewing process for the manager until the end of the season now, according to people inside the organization. This is a soap opera right now, Bob. Where you are, I mean, I, I actually was thinking of trying to be a, be a, a bit of a wise ass with you, saying, "Listen, if you think it's bad in Edmonton." You know what? Just look at Carolina. I feel bad for the people there. I feel bad for Ron Francis, but I feel bad for a lot of great people in a very good organization where the instability of this ownership has changed the whole aspect of what's gone on there. No manager. Don Waddell, who's the president of the club on the business side, will be the acting general manager between now and the end of the season. But, you know, they have to find a way to, to muddle their way through 
uh, get to the end of the regular season, and then some decisions be made. What I'm told is that the process of deciding whether Peters will coach next year, Peters will have a say in it. And if Bill Peters is enjoying it and be, likes being part of uh, what's going on in Carolina, then there's a good chance he stays. Um, you know, there's a, there's a possibility that Bill Peters doesn't want to be there anymore, too. So from that perspective, we'll just have to wait and see. One final one for you. Joel Quenville, what happens in Chicago? Well, um, if if last year was any indication and they were unhappy of losing in four games in the first round and they announced changes and they made big changes, one would suspect that there'll be another change this year. And, and uh, you got an indication of, of how people thought of the coaching last year when they got rid of Mike Kitchen uh, without telling Joel Quenville yeah. uh, beforehand. And that, that that's an indication... The one thing I will say about Joel, if if they decide, and I assume that's John McDonough and Stan Bowman, if they decide to get rid of Joel Quinville, who's by far the more popular person in Chicago than the other two, uh, Joel will be out of a job for about 62 seconds. Where would he end up? Well, I mean, you dominoes, dominoes drop. I mean... Uh, I'd have to think that when Joel Quinville, just remember when Claude Julian uh, was made available in Boston, you know, there were play, you know, things happened. Coaches got fired. If, if, if Quinville decides, or if, if it's the decision on Quinville's made and he's available, I suspect there'll be four or five teams deciding that, oh, we might have to look at a new coach. Um, and, you know, I think there will be teams on the Canadian side that would look at that, and I think that there would be a ton of teams on the U.S. side that would have to look at the availability of a guy like Joel Quinville. John Shannon, thanks for your time. Anytime, Bob. Enjoy Carolina. Stay out of the Carolina Ale House too many times, okay? Oh, I'm uh, not going there tonight. That I can tell you. Hey, if you're, <laughs> looking, for great, if you're looking for a great sports hockey road trip, we got one this fall. Sweden and Germany. You can follow Oilers now with New West Travel to Europe in October to see great hockey games and experience all the Germany and Sweden have to offer. Your New West Travel package includes flights, hotels, game tickets, and welcome receptions. That's right. Visit newwesttravel.com. Back in two minutes' time with Mr. Lou Trivia. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, Bob Stoffer with you. This is Oilers Now. We're going to push trivia to 105 today. We'll head off to a uh, news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. I'll tell you coming up, second hour, Louis DeBrusque. Oil Kings GM Randy Hatch, Golden Bears GM Stan Marple. From Raleigh, North Carolina, this is Oilers Now.